And now, it's time for Blazer's Edge. Blake to inbound. The Blazers have a 20-second timeout. Nate McMillan deciding whether to use it. Blake now throws to Roy. Brandon, a three-pointer out front. Hit it! Yes, he did! Oh, yeah! Batum throws to Lillard. A three for the game. Welcome into another edition of Blazers Edge Radio right here on X-Ray FM. I am your host, Ryan Buchanan. Sam Arnold is on the road on tour. I believe he's down somewhere in Texas right now uh, working hard. But we have a very special guest, the original host of this program that started up back in 2016, Mr. Peter Sampson. Peter, thanks so much for joining me today, man. Man, I gotta I gotta ask, how do I get on tour in Texas? That sounds a lot better than what I'm doing right now, <laughs> you'll bro. To, you'll have to talk to talk to Sammy we'll when we'll make gets it back. happen. Good to be here. Man, yes. everything's different, but uh it's also kind of the same. Yep, yep. So you've hosted this show for about two, two and a half years or so. Give or take, yeah. Back in the day. Also did some work for X ray back in the day, so you're very familiar with this this hot little studio we've got down here in the in it, the basement. it is now. Now, full disclosure, Ryan, you and I, we actually go back further than that. We you do. want to talk about a hot little studio? Yeah. Let's talk about <laughs> Portland KTSU. State freaking yeah. University yeah. in the sub basement of Smith. I'll tell you what, <laughs> I did the Monday night show there. It was called Between the Eyes. Now, anytime there's a holiday that falls on a weekend, when does the university celebrate it? It's on a Monday. What do they do to save money? They turn the AC <laughs> off. And we are in it now. This is a small studio. Yes. The KPSU studio was half this size yeah. with the same amount of gear bro no joke i would have to tear my shirt off i did it in my <laughs> underwear 10 p.m like 85 degrees in that studio i'm sitting there naked playing tunes man I and i knew it. you we, we know each it. other from then we do it's funny this show has turned into like a a mini who's who of kpsu because we have dylan sage on oh, uh, from time to time as well how's sage so, doing man yeah, he's he good? great man he's good yeah he's good so yeah it's funny that it, we all still kind of work together, so you know, we'll have to get Jay Turk on here sometime. I, I talked to Jay just last week, actually. <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah, there yeah. you go. Get, get K- Dangerous Doug, do you remember Doug? I do, yes. Yeah, get Doug Kingen. on here. Yeah, all the, all the KPSU guys. But we're here on X-Ray now, and uh, we're going to be talking Blazers. There's a little uh, story that came out over the weekend. Uh, we're going to talk about Peter's thoughts on the draft. You've certainly heard my thoughts on what I think the Blazers should do. We're going to be talking finals as well. Uh, but Peter, we got to start off with the big story, and that is that uh, Phil Knight and Alan Smolinski made another offer to Jody Allen earlier this mm. year, according to the Wall Street Journal. And uh, Jody Allen reiterated that the team is not for sale. Shocker! <laughs> Color me surprised. <laughs> Color me enraged. Like, Ugh. is is this a surprise? At all, especially so the Wall Street Journal with that great piece, Ryan, mm-hmm. and then uh, uh, my Mitchell friend Bachman. yeah, my friend John Canzano followed that up with some further reporting. I don't know if you saw that, but it I shed did. a little light yeah. on maybe why that's the case, Ryan. Yep, yeah, it's uh, 
God, is she the most hated figure in Blazer history? Uh, I mean, in, in, in Sam Bowie's tibula, maybe. <laughs> tibia, but yeah, otherwise, gotta be. Gotta I was, be. I was thinking, I was thinking of my Mount Rushmore of most hated Blazer figures. You actually have to be with the Blazer. It can't be an opponent. Raymond Felton. Ray Felton was the first one that came to mind. Jody was two. Yeah, who else? Gary would... Payton the second got third. Oh, bro. Maybe a bit of recency bro, bias. Bro, off but... the air, I will give you some dirt on GP2. <laughs> I can't share it legally. I'll I will tell it. you off the air. I'll believe it. And then I think four is maybe Bob Whitson going back in the day. Yeah, do you... I, I I agree with that. Now he, had, he is the most he, – he was liked at the beginning. He, he was liked, yeah. then he was hated, but I think time heals all wounds, and yeah. I think people look back at Trader Bob a little a little favorably, and that might change, but I, because I think it's contrasted with Neil O'Shea tinkering around about the Neil. margins. Yeah, I, I got to go, put Neil on there, too. I, yeah, I think I for, Neil might I have forgot about Bob. Neil. How, that's crazy. I forgot about Neil. But yeah. <laughs> that's beautiful. Can you teach me your ways? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God knows we've talked about him enough, but yeah. So he, Okay, I'll bump Bob off, and yeah, then yeah. I'll, put, uh, I'll put Neil on there, but I think Jody's at the top right now. This is just... And, and what's what's so crazy about this too, right? Is is she's actually kind of opened the pocketbooks and she's let the basketball people make basketball decisions. But the issue is that some of these basketball people, <clears throat> Burt Cold, uh, are in it strictly for themselves. And uh, you know, I would say it's just to make themselves look good. But now knowing what we know coming out of that Kanzano piece, it probably looks like it's to get a big old payday. Yeah, personally. So on one hand, maybe it's not as bad operationally as we've thought, you know, and it's just like, well, you know, allegedly she made her bodyguards dance in their Speedos <laughs> for her, and allegedly she had bones, you know, smuggled out of Antarctica bones. and Africa. But now it's like, well, maybe these people are, it's like the Wu-Tang song, man. Cash rules everything around <laughs> me. Here we are again in the NBA dealing with this. Yeah, I just... God, this story is just infuriating because it, it it happened, I think, what was this, last summer that yeah. it first came out, and it kind of went away. You know, we said, okay, we're not going to get Phil. Now now you, you bring it, we bring it back up, and it's like, God, he's still trying to get the team. This this city so desperately wants him to – this team, so this fan base so desperately needs a, a boost of energy that Phil Knight would immediately now, – now that's weird to say about an 85-year-old man, but he would immediately bring that – bring the juice back to this franchise because you just look at what he did with the Ducks. He is going to open the pocket. It's going to be like when Paul Allen first got to Portland. He is going to do whatever and spend whatever it takes to win. Not only that, he's a Portland guy. He's committed to keeping the team in Portland, keeping the team in his family. So it's just a win-win. And when you contrast that with what we're getting out of Jody Allen, it's just, it's a gut punch. Yeah, and the thing for Phil Knight is, you mentioned his age, he's 85. It's a, it's a legacy play it's truly to make <laughs> oh, yeah. this team and this city better it's not like he's going to be around for 20 more years to run this thing and uh teaming with Smolinski is really interesting he's a real estate developer he's and, a co-owner of the Dodgers yeah well. yeah exactly he made his fortune in real estate and he's got the whole vision for the Rose Quarter which is just a disaster which is, and it's traffic. desperately needed you see yeah. 
all over the the new trend is you build like an entertainment district around right. your arena. There's not there's not hardly I mean Dr. Jack's closes like a half hour after the final buzzer. Yeah, and that's like the only part right. there. there. There's, there's nothing no, to do. There's nowhere else after to a go. Blazer game. There's yeah. you know there's no like hip lofts. There's uh yeah you have the max you know three lines go through there, but traffic depending on the time of the day is a nightmare. The Memorial Coliseum I understand that it is a memorial. You can't just yeah. demolish it, but it's not used properly. The whole vision is the entertainment district you bring in the WNBA you revitalize the Blazers frankly Moda Center needs it's, it needs a few renovations it's already built for hockey maybe you can attract hockey as well we're talking at like a 25 35 year timeline yeah. but all of a sudden you've expanded the city center you're bringing in billions of dollars here yeah it's uh Makes no sense. It's just infuriating, I think, is the big word, is that, that when you, you see these reports that he's still trying to get yeah. this team. And it, it's funny because this does give me hope because I get the feeling that Phil Knight, I don't know a ton about Phil Knight, but I know he's a billionaire. <laughs> Billionaires don't like not getting their way. Right. You That's know true. that he's gonna. He does not like the fact that Jody Allen's kind of showing him up here. He is gonna. He is gonna do whatever it takes to get this. To get this thing, and and that gives me hope at least. Yeah, and look, none of these. I guess we'll just call them hit pieces on Jody Allen. None of these are coming out without someone in Phil Knight's camp. Uh, either making it happen or at least giving tacit uh, approval. Adam Silver, yeah. as I understand it, uh, is thrilled with the idea of uh, Phil Knight owning the Trailblazers. Oh, why and, wouldn't he be? Yeah, and the, <laughs> the NBA, there's a clause, they can force a sale, but that's going to get ugly. It's going to get messy, you know, and apparently if it's normal that the the ex- executor of an estate can earn a, a tr- you know, a trust management fee yeah. of three to five percent. Well, if she does hold it for the, you know, quote unquote, it might take 20 years. Uh, she's going to be a billionaire in her own right, not just being the sibling of one. So there's right. a motivation for her, which really sticks fans. Yeah. But Adam Silver, I don't think it's going to happen this summer or anything, but given another year or two, especially after the TV deal, because that's the plausible deniability in all this franchise valuations are exploding they're going to continue to do so after the new tv deal but if they're still dragging their feet he needs to just make it happen yeah absolutely you gotta save save the blazer from jody allen here because this is we're not going anywhere with jody allen no i think that's that's become abundantly clear is that this no matter what you do and we'll talk about the draft pick coming up as long as she's in charge and burt cold and, and company you're not going anywhere. Burke Cold's the real guy. I mean, I'm not going to take over your show. I could <laughs> rant for the next 48 minutes of this program on Burt Cold. Like, congratulations on being assigned randomly in a lottery He's to be Paul roommate. Allen's roommate <laughs> in college. And now you just think that your S doesn't stink yeah. and you're a brilliant guy. Well, Guess having, what? You're not, you mooch, you parasite. He's having the time of his life right now. Oh, yeah. He is not. <laughs> it's funny because his name doesn't really get mentioned. It's Jody Jody. Jody, Jody, but uh, he's just as guilty in all of this. Yeah, Jody's, maybe more so. Jody's collecting a fee, selling Paul Allen's art, and quote-unquote deferring to the basketball guys, but that's the issue. The basketball guy is Burt Cold. That's yeah. not a basketball no. guy. Like, I, you could quibble with Joe Cronin and should they have gone a bigger name, but whatever. At least Joe Cronin has, you know, been in basketball ops for 20 years and is a basketball guy. Burt Cold is just a dude who <laughs> failed upward. <laughs> But he failed upward spectacularly. Yeah. I mean, uh, you talk about a rise to fame there. Is it? That's about he's not. A, he's not. He's not on tour in Texas. So I don't know if he's fully Texas. successful. <laughs> that's right. Maybe maybe we can work on that. But yeah, he's the he's one of the real villains in this too. Don't forget about uh, old Bert Cold. 
Bert and Jody and the Vulcans. Ugh. Uh, that's enough on that, Peter. We got we, we got that. I mean, we can only rehash that so long. But it's Start just a crying. just a messy situation, and just God, it would be so nice to get Phil Knight in here and just uh, again just reinvigorate this franchise because this franchise needs a but this it's not as bad as the jailblazer days but you can sense the apathy within the fan base where it's just like eh think about it in high and and not to beleaguer the point we got a lot to get to but just yeah. real quick in 30 seconds 20 years from now you know we're going to be old men and uh we're going to talk about like how great damian lillard was and we know he's great yeah. but in hindsight the greatness always increases, and it's going to be. He was so phenomenal, the best player in Blazers history, already a top seventy-five guy and in the absolutely NBA. Squandered and him. Neil Olshay, and then Paul Allen's passing, leading to Jody Allen, completely wasted it. Completely, yeah. yeah. Arguably the most loyal player in NBA history, and yeah. <laughs> with with what he's put up with throughout his career, and then the fact that it's certainly looking like your you know your high point is a Western Conference Finals sweep. I know, man. <laughs> Don't even get me started. And remember on that how series. excited we were about that back in the day. They led every game. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but hey, that that team they played is pretty good. That uh, that <laughs> Warriors team. Now, I okay, not to get too sidetracked, but yeah, I, let's I, do it. Speaking of the Warriors, because we yeah. talked about this last week with Dylan Sage. So Bob Myers stepping down. So I asked Sage the question: Have we? Is this the end of the Warriors dynasty? Yes. Because their young players have not panned out. Their core is just getting older and older. It, you said this is the end. Yes, and Bob Myers stepped down at the perfect time because he knows that he has to pay Clay and Draymond. Now, there's what they're worth, and props to Clay coming off those injuries. Like Clay is still pretty darn good, and on certain nights he is old yeah. Clay. He had a rough playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but Draymond Green foregoing that contract multiple times to make the team work. Well, here he is in his 30s, broken mm -hmm. down Mr. Triple Single, yep. thinks he's owed that max, and he's yep. not going to get it. And it's so funny because, like, I can't stand Draymond Green, but if you told me today that the Blazers traded oh, for Draymond Green, I'd be like, let's go, baby. I've been, I've been harping on that for years. He, he is exactly yeah. what this team needs. They, yeah, they yeah. need an eggs. They need somebody to to, to kind of come in and hold guys account because Dame's a good, great leader. But he's not a he's not a guy who's going to get in your face. Yeah, Draymond's right? the Draymond guy. Draymond like, is about not that. afraid to get up in your face. Draymond is Poole. the leader of that team. Like yeah. it's, it always falls on the quote unquote best player. Yeah. Like Steph, I mean leader ish. Yeah. Yeah. James Harden not a leader. No. You know, yeah. but but Draymond can get in Steph's face and it's yeah. not going to cause a huge thing. Now yeah. he might punch you in the yeah. face yeah. in practice and yeah. knock you out because <laughs> he's uh you know he's a punk. But, uh, I mean, Draymond is what's needed. But they have to make a decision. And what do you do? From a basketball standpoint, I think you keep Clay. From a leadership standpoint and a cohesiveness standpoint, you keep Dre. You can't afford both. No matter what you pick, the fan base is going to freak out. Yeah. Step down. Not to mention, like, Wiseman, see, which is why, and this mm -hmm. is going to lead into your next topic, you always take best player available yep. instead of fit because they tried to fit in James Wiseman. He was a total whiff, ended up being five second-round picks, while LaMelo Ball is uh, taking care of business in Charlotte. Yep, that's what it all leads to is you got you to gotta nail the draft. So you let's talk about the draft. draft. Let's talk about the draft because I want to hear your thoughts because uh, I've given mine over the past – handful of weeks i've changed my opinion four or five times uh so you know going into you think maybe okay they're five or so then they end up getting three so i'm okay, okay i i like brandon miller well looks like the hornets are probably going to take brandon miller so i'm saying okay well you can't take scoop because you've got damian lillard but that i, I guess, guess goes back to your point on fit and i've kind of talked myself into unless you can get a king's ransom for scoot henderson you've got to just take scoot henderson 
So I I I want to know your opinion on what the Blazers should do at number three here. If Scoot Henderson is available, you have to take Scoot Henderson, and it's interesting because the trade market for that three pick, and I guarantee they're having conversations probably, probably as we're speaking here, you know, Joe's on the phone with someone. But that being said, the full value of that pick is not going to be known until they're on the clock because we don't know right. what Charlotte's going to do. Is Charlotte going to be smart and take Scoot Henderson, who by all accounts is a cross between prime Derrick Rose and John Morant, minus maybe uh, flashing things on Instagram? Maybe. Uh, <laughs> but like you can't pass that up. But if there's one team that's going to be stupid and go with fit, it's the Charlotte Hornets to go with yeah. Brandon Miller. And look, Brandon Miller seems like a great player. I think he's going to be a difference maker in this league, you know, speaking of flashing guns. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> like, if there's one team that's going to do that at Charlotte, which means Scoot Henderson then falls to Portland, we'll know. The offers between uh, the ability to draft Brandon Miller and the ability to draft Scoot Henderson are, I, I think, massive. You're talking, be- yeah. yeah, you're talking between like, oh yeah, that and a couple picks, and we'll give you OG or Pascal, and like, no, 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 we're not trading this guy unless it's uh, in a package for say a Joel yeah. Embiid or something like that. Now, the thing about Scoot is with that upside, if that home run isn't there. You just keep them. Like, so right. what if it doesn't fit? You mm. take best player available and you work it out later. You do Dame Dirty like that, though? But are you doing Dame Dirty like that? Scoot shines, and then all of a sudden teams are like, okay, 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 we'll up the ante because this clearly is prime Derrick Rose. Well, all right, let's 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 give us something here. Man, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I said, unless it's a really good deal, you got to take it. We talked about last week, Embiid's the name that stands out because yeah. you could see Philly – looking to kind of blow things up right and that would make sense if they if they get a chance at a guy like scoot but i think the main point here is that this is a really good draft to be number three because there's three especially it's a three-player it's draft a, there's a, it's a three-player draft uh in most drafts these are three number one picks yep right certainly victor and and scoot and then brandon miller i think in a lot of drafts would be number one as well um, and then the fact that you've got Charlotte above you where they're probably not going to take the consensus number two player. It, it really, outside of getting number one, you couldn't have done much better for the Blazers. For, no, it, for, it, This has got to be one of the best third picks in, in league history. Yeah, so I, what what were they? Fifth best odds? I think they were. I think maybe they were sixth, fifth or yeah, sixth. Fifth. Yeah. So, you know, last year it was similar, and they dropped to seventh. Of course, they lucked out. Uh, and Well, you, you call it luck. You can call it uh, skilled player analysis. Uh, but, you know, they end up with Shaden Sharp. Hit, but, yeah. but this year, taking that jump, like you think about the Pistons, the yep. worst record in the league, they're trying to rebuild, and they drop down to mm-hmm. five. Like, that is a killer. They can get a nice player, yeah. but that – they're not getting Scoot. They're not yeah. getting Win Banyama, and they're not getting Miller. That's a franchise-changing guy to add to their already young core, new coach. But for the Blazers to actually make that jump, you're talking about the difference between, well, we'll probably get squeezed a little bit, but we got to get a talented vet. You're talking like a slightly better than Jeremy Grant-level guy, maybe, uh, and saying, no, we can hold out and we can get a star because yeah. if you're not going to trade us a star, well, we'll just grow our own star. Well, this is your life raft. If you, if you look at it, I mean, you're you don't have get too many of these if you're the Blazers due to a lot of you know poor decisions over the <laughs> years. You you've given yourself a life. You, you've been given a life raft here. You got lucky in the lottery. This is kind of your chance. This is your one shot to to be able to get a true superstar around Damian Lillard. And see, you cannot screw this up. Is the main point. You cannot. You absolutely cannot screw this up. This is kind of your last chance to salvage. Davian Lillard's career and or just move on 
Yeah. So you you this is just such a a critical decision here. And yeah, I'm with you. If it would have to be really good to not take Scoot Henderson. It really would. But, I mean, you, you think about a package. Number three in Anthony Simons is the obvious thing. Anthony yeah. Simons does not fit this roster. Anthony's, well, you talk about a value that's just fallen off the face of the earth. Yeah. But I mean, to another team, though, you look at a 21-point-per-game guy. The contract is fair. It's You know, it's Jordan Poole, Tyler Hero level. You, you, you can talk yourself into that. If you're Orlando, maybe you can kind of look at that. Hometown guy. And, and, you know, hometown guy. We have number six, number 11, Wendell Carter. Maybe you trade that to Portland. They can then package that with a couple future picks. There, there are some options there. If you want the real home run, you're going to have to add Yusuf Nurkic to that deal to make salaries match. Nurk on his own has no value I'm across say, the league. I'm, I'm all None. right with that. None. None, 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 and uh, which is frustrating. That's become abundantly clear. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I mean they've been trying to trade. I know for a fact they've been trying to trade Nurk for more than a year now. He's just not the future. He's a league average center. He balls out when he's motivated, but obviously yeah. the injuries, the age, and the lack of motivation makes him about league average. But Portland does have some pieces. But I think you hit it on the head. This doesn't come around every day. No. They have to nail this. Yeah. Even if that means standing pat is yeah. the play, you have to be sure that Scoot is that guy, at least in the, the we'll call it short-term or medium-term, six to, what, 18 months, yeah. that they can coexist. He can play off ball. Dame can play off ball. You know, you know, whatever that move is, they can't get this wrong because it's this is a pick that's going to shape whatever happens the next five to ten years of this franchise. That's why I'm so excited to see what they do. Yeah, yeah, no question. Um, and yeah, I, I'm going to be honest. The thought of pairing Scoot and Dame scares the hell out of ah. me, just because it makes me nervous. And that's why initially co- coming into the lottery, my thought was if you don't get Victor, you trade the pick. But then all of a sudden you see Scoot tangled out there, and it's it's a little bit like more if difficult. Portland was yeah. four. Oh, it's like, e- yeah, it's easy. No, yeah, you're not taking a Thompson brother. You're not or, taking Cam Whitmore. Or if any other team yeah. was two. Right. Because because it's getting, Charlotte, yeah, who has an yeah. all-star, what, 22-year-old yeah. point guard, 20, like whatever that. he is. Yeah, I mean, now, do I think Charlotte should take Scoot Henderson? Yeah, it's the exact same deal. I just think he's head and shoulders the second-best player in this draft. If it wasn't for a freaky French kid, he, w- he would be the, oh, yeah. not just number one pick, but a transcendent, like, this is the best number one pick in the last five, six, seven years. I, I personally yeah. believe that. If you're Portland, if he's there, you got to take him and figure it out later. He would have Zion-level hype. Yeah. If it was not for Victor Wembanyama. Exactly. And, I mean, you know, you look at it like, well, you know, why? Di- truly, why didn't Portland take MJ? Well, we had Clyde. Right. You don't work that out. Like, I, I think good you point. do. It's so. Good point. It's the same same kind of deal where you're you're talking about, and, and Clyde was less established. Yeah. Than, uh, the basketball's than a lot less – it's a lot more positionless now. Yeah. Now, do we want to see Dame paired with a third straight short guard? No, not particularly. But, again, it's still an asset – whether it's replacing Dame down the line or, again, he balls out and he, he averages 18 points in only 24 minutes. And then you're like, all right, let, let's talk, other teams. Let's talk, Boston. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, it's going to be exciting to see what happens. W- would you go Simons, number three, Nurk, and a future pick for, for uh, uh, Jalen Brown? He looks so bad in the playoffs. Jalen Brown, no. But he doesn't have to be the ball handler on this team. He, him next to, to Jeremy Grant. I, I can't do it for Jalen Brown. You can't do it for who, – no. who would you do it for besides Embiid? Or is there anybody you do it for besides Embiid? I mean, it's clearly honest, but he's not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, uh, Luka. You know, of, le- of legitimate <laughs> – yeah, of legitimate guys. God, I, I off the top of my head, I can't think yeah, of anybody yeah, yeah. outside. I'm sure there's guys out there 
that would that would be available. But, but but off the top of my head, the the only name that really I would do it without hesitating would be Joel Embiid. Yeah, Jalen Brown, I can't do that. Pascal Siakam, similar situation, I can't do that. Those are those are good players. Those are really good players. But you need a superstar. I or agree. A, or a a next best thing to a superstar to pair with Damian Lillard for what should be an absolute future superstar in Scoot Henderson. If, if they do move the pick, I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up being this really complex like four-way deal where, you know, Jalen Brown does get moved, a couple other guys get moved, and uh, Portland ends up with uh, a guy like a Siakam or an OG, but also DeAndre Ayton out of Phoenix. They're mm. done with him. He's got the big salary. Portland needs a big, especially Clearly if they're Clearly an upgrade Nurkic. over Nurk, yeah. Yeah, and, and it's more of that Dame-style play. Don't get me wrong. I mean, the Nurk-Dame pick-and-roll is statistically just, I mean, just just a brutal weapon, but how often can you count on it anymore? I don't be surprised to see a more mid-level, like like an OG, like not a star, but a really nice fit and a good player combined with Aiton for those assets. Okay. I, yeah, I, I'm I'm not crazy, but I need I need the big talent. I think. Yeah, it, it, uh, I feel that. Yeah, I I just. You've been nickel and diamond for so long <laughs> that I need the dollar. The Neil O'Shea special, yeah, baby. Yeah, I just I oh, need Harkless. I need the home run. I need the home run. It's been it's been years of of laying down the bunt. I need the long ball. That's here. that's okay. Two questions. Okay. Speaking of bunts and long balls, how are you yeah. liking the new baseball rules, man? I, I love it. I love it. I love it. I've watched probably 50, 30 Braves games, fifty overall games this year. So nice so good. that they just yeah that yeah yeah. And I was I was skeptical at first. Yeah. But yeah, no, absolutely, hundred percent on board. I love it that the game needed to move faster. I'm going to Safeco. The one thing I'm curious about, I'm going to Safeco for a long week. I'm gonna gonna uh, Kim is from Michigan, so we're gonna mm-hmm. catch the Tigers series. Being in the park with it moving that fast, am I gonna have enough time to drink my beers? Do you, that do you know was what an I'm issue saying? with the start of the year. Yeah. I know there was a couple teams that had to uh, push the beer beer sales back because they weren't getting enough. Like from money. the seventh to the eighth inning, the or seventh something to eighth. Like yeah. yeah, there yeah. you go. That it's may- interesting because I have not been to a game in person since the new rules come into effect. Yeah. So I'm curious how it feels. I'll let you know. Right there, I'll let yeah. you know. Doing yeah. it next month, uh, and I don't remember my other question, so we'll move on. Okay. Um, let's move on to the NBA Finals, yeah. it, which was supposed to be our top story this week, and then everything came out with with. Uh, Blazers news, which is obviously going to take precedence here. But the NBA Finals are going on. Game one was awful. <laughs> Denver Denver just a, a clear domination. Final score was 104-93, but that was not indicative of the game. Miami had a hot fourth quarter for some some window dressing there, but Denver just absolutely dominated. And it was, it was curious because we had Dylan Sage on last week, and we had talked about how what are the Heat going to do to try to slow down Nikola Jokic? And in game one, the answer was throw the kitchen sink at him and make the other guys beat you. Well, the other guys beat you. So game two, the the adjustment was, was kind of let Joker do his thing and try and limit the damage and not get the Aaron Gordons, the Jamal Murrays, the, uh, the Michael Porter Juniors involved. And also it helps when you hit a few shots if you're Miami. They did that. They got off to a great start. Uh, you know, now Denver had a huge run to get back in this game. This is really a game of runs where it's one team and the other. But Miami started strong, and they finished strong, and they were able to get the victory despite Joker scoring 41 points. I mean, this was kind of – this was a, a – a, solid adjustment by Eric Spolstra to stay because in game one, Joker was at 27 points. You know, he only made eight field goals. Uh, didn't look to take a bunch of shots, but 10 rebounds, 
14 assists, and you had three other guys in double figures with Murray with 26, Gordon with 16, which most of that came in that first quarter when they really kind of put their stamp on the game. Porter hit some shots. Bruce Brown hit some shots. Everybody was getting involved for the Nuggets, where in game two, you had you had Joker, you had Murray hit some shots, but that was about it, and that was the key to success for Miami. And oh, by the way, you had a bunch of different guys step up. Your undrafted trio of, of Gabe Vincent and Max Struess and, and Duncan Robinson. You know, Co- Cody Martin has been dealing with an illness, so he hasn't been as much of a player in this series as you saw in the in the previous series in the Eastern Conference Finals when I think he should have been the Eastern Conference Finals MVP but I mean when you you couple that with the fact that you've got a bunch of different guys involved Bam Adebayo has found his offensive game he had a miserable series against the Celtics just uh you just got to give the Heat so much credit because I'm gonna be honest and I chronically overreact to game one that's I've always done that every <laughs> every series that happens I've I'm ready to call the series after game one it's just how I am and it was no different in this guy going in I said nuggets in five and I thought the heat's best chance was game one because the nuggets had been off for a week and a half you're gonna they're gonna be rusty they weren't rusty so I said okay Miami's screwed here right there there's no change either either Jokic is gonna cook or they're gonna load up on him and everybody else is gonna cook but the Heat came back, and they and they made this a series, and just the adjustment from Game 1 to Game 2 was just so critical, and I just can't give Eric Spolster enough credit. I think that he, I don't think he gets nearly enough credit. He's not, I feel like he's never talked about as the one of the top coaches in the league, but year in and year out, he continues to do this, and you look at this team, like, this is not an NBA Finals roster. No. I mean, they're starting, the starting lineup is Kevin Love, Jimmy <laughs> Butler, Bam Adebayo, Gabe Vincent, and Max Struess. Yeah. That's yeah. not even a play-in starting five. Right. I, I mean, and the fact that they're now 1-1 with a, a vastly superior Denver Nuggets team, I think it, certainly you got to give the guys, you know, Duncan Robinson had, had some huge moments. He was critical getting them back in that game yeah. in the fourth quarter. Gabe Vincent's been a revelation. Max Struess got a good start. You've got to give those guys credit. Bam Adebayo, I mentioned, bouncing back, but... The key for the Heat, I think, is Eric Spolstra. Yeah, with that, if you want me to, hey, Trailblazers fan, do you want me to break your heart? Uh, <laughs> ru- word was that uh, a Spolstra Northwest uh, Portland area reunion could have happened last year, and they went with Chauncey Billups. Mm. I was hearing that at the time. Uh, so, you know, en- enjoy that. Uh, yeah. That might be the biggest whiff in Blazers history. Oh, might be, yeah. <laughs> I mean, forget MJ. Uh, you know, when you have a chance to get a guy that's never been a head coach at any level ever and has a uh, questionable uh, personal and legal issues you you jump on that you take that and not only that you give him a five-year deal not a three-year contract <laughs> and you do that twice on Sundays. is he the worst coach bar none in the nba right now <sighs> luke walton's not here anymore oh uh, that's a good point steven silas is an assistant now yeah i think he is actually and that's not just uh because you know no, i live five miles from the arena yeah it's i, I think he, he is, is the it's not an exaggeration to say he is the worst coach he, in the league. yeah he it's and it's multiple things it's how he uses or doesn't use his challenges you know at the beginning of this year they were good because oh whoa they go zone and it's it, the defense well that took teams all of two weeks to scout that out and then there was never a counter adjustment but anyway yes uh eric spolstra is such a great coach and you talk about what it's him and pop yeah, and Kerr. yeah him pop and Kerr, the three longest tenured yep. 
as I understand. I mean, there's a reason that. This but he doesn't get the respect that Pop and Kirk. He get. doesn't. That's he, the thing. It's because you go you know, like, oh, well, he had LeBron yeah. and Wade and all that. And but now, this is now two teams exactly. that he dragged to the finals that have no business being in the finals. Oh, but in he a has loaded Jimmy Eastern Butler. Conference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you're 100. Oh, you right. look at it this year. You, the Bucks, the, the Celtics, Celtics. The, even the Sixers. I mean, there's. I mean, even hell, the Knicks. Yeah. We're, we're a lot better than the Heat were. The Heat were bad during yeah. the regular season. I thought I thought the Cavs were a really good team. The they, Cavs, they were yes, too young yeah. to probably make a deep run, but they were really talented. Yeah, I guess like just the fact that this team is where they're at right now is just phenomenal. Coaching and experience and scheme and fit and system all matter a lot more than frankly we probably want it to like you can turn on one of the sports shouting shows on ESPN or you know FS1 or whatever yeah. and they're talking about Miami just wanted it more blah 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 no that's not what it is it's a damn good team with a damn good system yeah. and a damn good coach and that's it that's it. Now we'll see. Now the Nuggets, I think, are a better team, oh, yeah. and I think they'll Clearly. bounce back. And they have the best player in the NBA. But look, before the series started, I had it Denver in six. Uh, the odds makers had it Denver in five. After game one, you could say Denver in four. It's going to be. That's what split. I was. I was yeah. Denver in five going in after game one. I was. This is over. Yeah, but and, and so I go look. Jimmy Butler on the Terry's been on. He's going to steal one. The Miami Heat as a team, Eric Spolstra, yeah. is going to steal one. Ultimately, I still love Denver in the series. Miami, look. Ultimately, they're just not as talented, and more importantly, it's it's about matchups too. They're just too small. They yeah. It's it's no one can match up with Nikola Jokic. But then, like, okay, what are you gonna do? You, you we saw what Aaron Gordon did in the first half of Game One. Size advantage there. Michael Porter Jr. Size advantage anywhere. Just ultimately, they have the size. You talk about a great system. So, look, shout out to the Miami Heat. What an organization. What a team. You know, they do things the right way. I'm not, I'm not a Heat fan or anything like that, but I can just from afar sort of tip of the cap to them. Yeah. Got to give Pat Riley a whole Pat lot of Riles, credit for, yeah, he's looking, for uh, roster construction. We talked about this last week as well. They've overtaken the Spurs. For years, the Spurs mm. were the best scouting yeah, yeah, yeah. They have over to. They are the new Spurs, where they find these diamonds in the okay. rough. I mean, you, yeah. I mean, how many times has the broadcast told us about the undrafted yeah. players that they? But it's true, it's true. They're getting contributions up and down the lineup. I mean, just credit to them. And and it really it points. It's not just the undrafted players that point to failures of other organizations. But uh, you know, Portland could have drafted Bam yeah. out of bio. It, it was a position of need. They took Zach Collins instead. He falls to Miami. They take him. How many teams yeah. said Jimmy Butler's not the answer? And moved on from him. Oh, we can't make it work. Oh, word, that guy can't be the best player yeah. on a championship team. Yeah. Are you sure about that? So, you know, the Heat are winning where other teams are failing. And I think the the big message when you look at the Heat is you don't necessarily, because we talked about, you know, I want, if I'm trading Scoot, I need a superstar. Yeah. You don't necessarily need two superstars to win in the NBA. Not anymore. You've got to construct a good roster. And again, But again, it, it's, it's about roster construction and it's about fit. And it's about chemistry because, again, I look at I'm just looking at these names and it's like <laughs> there's no reason yeah. that this team should be in the final, but they play well as a team. They go back to the uh, the Blazers in 77. Like yeah. that team should have never won the finals, but you've got these special teams that you get a good chemistry and that can overcome the uber talented team like the Suns should have, you know. The Suns should be here right now when you've got you know, Kevin Durant and, and Devin Booker, but they sacrificed their depth to get Kevin Durant, and you're seeing really the fall. This series is kind of the the representation of the, I, I think, the fall of the superstar era, whereas you've got, you don't have to just pair two Hall of Famers together. You need a balanced team, 
And that's where you see both these teams are balanced. Team obviously Denver's got an MVP there, so that's the advantage. But Miami's just taken, and they've they've gotten a some pretty good players that they've just patched together, and they're and they've just got such a great chemistry that they're a solid team without what, having overwhelming talent. Yeah, that's why I say again, don't be surprised if on draft night you end up with a multi multi team deal that sends maybe yeah. OG or Pascal and DeAndre Ayton to Portland. You have the superstar yeah. in Dame. But he needs a team around him that's athletic, that can play some defense. Uh, and again, you know, if you're looking for the the superstar, which uh, that might also be the thing that happens, but it, there might be a chance where it feels underwhelming. But once yeah. those games actually start, all of a sudden those pieces are fitting. And, well, hey, here we are. We've got Dame. We've got a team that's athletic that can play some defense. Let's win some ball games. There. Yeah. And if you look at it, Jeremy Grant's a good player. He's not your second best player on a really no. good team. No. But if he's your third or fourth best player? Home run, baby. Home run, yeah. And then you look. I think they have another superstar waiting in the wings in Shaden Sharp. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's not forget about him. So, yeah, you could talk me into that. You could talk me into that. I know 20 minutes ago I said I'm only taking Embiid, but you could talk me into that. It would sting at the time. Shaden Sharp's the next Paul George, man. Mark it down. He is 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 the next Paul George. That was a – and I I don't know what your take was when they drafted him. Was it like – High risk, high reward. I mean, it was probably – it was nothing original. Mine Mine was anger. Oh man, I I was like, if yeah. this works, he's it's from what I hear, yeah. he's the next Kobe. And I would have never guessed that it would have worked in year one. That's the thing is he hadn't played since high school. Yeah. He didn't play a minute at Kentucky, yeah. and everything was kind of locked down. We didn't really see any workouts. And normally you get the mixtape and you watch it on YouTube. Yeah. All I could find was like a game as a high school senior, yeah. you know, at the academy. And it's like, well, <laughs> I mean, he's playing against like he might as well be playing against me and just right. dominating. But. You're kind of looking like yeah. you're looking at the Thompson twins now. It's like exactly how do you how do you judge them based off the talent around them? Right, but then but then you see just the way he from day one even starting. Like I'll, I'll never forget. It wasn't summer league because he only played the five minutes or whatever. Yeah. But in game one, maybe it was game two, he had this move, and it wasn't one of those crazy dunks. It wasn't hitting his head on the backboard getting a rebound, but he pump faked a three. And then he stepped back into the side full stride. I'm talking this is like a four-foot step back from the wing, the longest part of three, and just just cashed it. And it was the most Paul George-looking move. I think I remember that. Completely repeatable, completely fundamental sound. And I said, combined with that athleticism, this kid is going to be a superstar if he works. Now, I will say, I've heard... There were questions about the work ethic this I, year I until... Could, I could see just watching him. Yeah. You, the body language, especially early in the year, was not great. Even even off the court. They're, 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 or or uh, like out of, outside of the games, there are questions oh, about okay. gym okay. habits and work ethic. But I guess that sort of resolved itself as more opportunity came. Like once he was starting, all of a sudden he's all in. And I think part of that goes like you also hear... You wonder how organized Chauncey Billups is in practice and how buttoned up the team is. You know, they used to be, and you could say what you want about Neil O'Shea, but he ran a buttoned up organization where maybe now not so much. But if Sharp does the work, I agree. Like, superstar in the making. Yeah, no question. We are going to take a quick break. And uh, coming up on the other side, we will have our three questions brought to you by New Deal Distillery. Support for X-Ray comes from Pizza Cat. Located at 2174 West Burnside Street. Open for dine-in, takeout, and delivery on Wednesday through Saturday evenings. Naturally leavened crusts and local organic ingredients. Vegan and gluten-free options always available. Online ordering available for pickup at pizzacat.com with a K. Or delivery available through Caviar and DoorDash. Support for X-Ray FM comes from Spielman Bagels and Coffee. Open by Rick Spielman and his son Raph. 
Spielman has been serving handmade boiled and baked bagels and coffee since 2011. Their flagship store can be found on Southeast 21st and Division, or find one of their other shops on Northwest 23rd and Lovejoy, Northeast 22nd and Broadway, or in Multnomah Village. Support for X-Ray FM comes from Vortex Music Magazine, a chronicle of Portland's musical Vortex, both in print and online, featuring concert photography, a live music calendar, and stories of the Portland music scene. You can receive the print mag in the mail each quarter and get swept up in the vortex at vrtxmag.com. Back at it here on Blazers Edge Radio. Ryan Buchanan joined today by a special guest, Peter Sampson, the founder of this fine show. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Peter Sampson, who also you can hear him on The Pulse, which is The Pulse with Peter Sampson, which has been on a bit of a hiatus, but Peter, it's coming back uh, probably next week, you're looking, right? Yeah, there are no other radio stations, but if there were, it used to be on a corporate sports <laughs> dumpster fire, mm. <laughs> which it's no longer on. By the way, support community radio, corporate radio is dying, which is why I'm available to do this, by the way. Um, and then, yeah, so uh, I was doing it as a podcast, took a couple weeks off because, yep. boy, oh, boy, it's a lot of sports coming back next week. There you go. You get kind of a sabbatical for you, right? It's been beautiful. Yeah. Been making music, watching yeah. baseball, hanging out. Love it. Sitting yeah. in the sun. Joining the old show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. We're happy to have you here. It's now time for three questions, a, a concept you actually started, by can, the way. Can we see without looking if I can read the tagline oh. from memory? I don't need to even look at it. Okay. Brought to you by New Deal Distillery, making craft uh, vodka, gin, bourbon, rum, rye, liqueurs, and more. New Deal spirits can be found in their tasting room at Southeast 9th in Salmon or a liquor store near you. More information at newdealdistillery.com. Pretty damn Pretty close. close. Okay. Pretty damn close. The wording was a bit years. off in there, but you got the uh, you got the main points. All They've right. also been coming at you since 2004. Oh, word. <laughs> well, that was pretty damn impressive for not doing it for, what, uh, five years now? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> All right, Stephen Glickman, what's our first question okay, this week? Before we do the three questions, I just have to point out that the only thing I've ever been right about is Shaden Sharp. Love yeah, it. you're right. See, he he knows. Was in I was the only Sharp. one who yeah. predicted that that could work out well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I will give you credit for but that's that. That's the only thing I've gotten right. Hey, <laughs> all it takes is one. All right, question number one. Can Monty Williams lead the Pistons to the playoffs in year one? Mm. Pistons got themselves a new coach, and it's a uh, hot name, Monty Williams. Uh, I, I know there's a lot of hope that maybe the Pistons would try to poach one Chauncey Billups from here, uh, but they got a good coach in, in Monty Williams. <laughs> didn't didn't quite work out in Phoenix, you know, rough ending to their season the last couple of years after after that finals run two years ago. But now you go in with a very solid core. Now they're still smarting from getting hosed in the draft here, but because they they could have had a really, really good four. But, I mean, still, you're looking. Cade Cunningham's going to come back healthy. Jaden Ivey, a really Jayden solid rookie year. Jalen Duran had a really good rookie year. Uh, you've got um, Isaiah Stewart, who's a yeah. really solid backup center. you still got, you know, some, some – uh, Marvin Reclamation Bagley. projects are <laughs> kicking around with Wiseman that we talked about, Marvin Bagley. So you've got some talent there in Detroit. You haven't been any good. Is Monty good enough? And with the with the team with another year of this of this young team building up some chemistry, it hurts Cade missing most of last year, kind of a lost year for him. But is this team good enough to get to the actual playoffs, not the play in? Can they make the eight seed in year one? No. Uh, if they had drafted where they were supposed to, yes. If but, they get a top three. Yeah, yeah. but and and look, Monty, I think historically gets a lot out of maybe not great teams or average teams. And I like 
the hire there. He's a great head coach. I wish Portland had gone for him. But ultimately, I think it's going to take a little time to gel. I think he's got to figure out some of those reclamation projects. I wonder about Cade Cunningham coming off off the injury, if there's a little bit of rust. I'm not worried about his health. Mm -hmm. Like, they essentially, he could have come back last year if they they weren't tanking. But I just think it's going to take a little time to gel. Look for them to make the playoffs the following year. But it's another year in the back end of the lottery for Detroit. Yeah, yeah, they get they get hosed. They're picking five. They did. They got screwed, man. I felt so bad for them. <laughs> yep, they get five, and I'm looking at Jarris Walker for them. I think oh, that yeah. would make a lot of sense. Add to that front court. Yeah, absolutely. I'd rather go with him over a Thompson twin if you're if you're Detroit there, because you've already got your backcourt. Well, oh yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. I think that's what you got to do. Yeah. So I'm going. I'm going Jarris Walker there. I'm gonna buy. I. I I, I think they're the team that every year there's a team that does a little bit better than they're supposed to. There's a year or two above ahead of schedule. T Wolves two years ago. Yes. Who, who was it last year? You it, could say the Kings, but you could also say Cleveland yeah. two years ago. Cleveland, I'll, I'll, Cleveland, I'll, I'll say the Kings last year. Cleveland, though, yeah. Atlanta a few years back. Yeah. Which I called, by the way, the year that they, they made their run. I, Trey I, Young I, sure I, burned them out, though, didn't yeah, he? They, <laughs> but it, yeah, it hasn't aged well, but they but you remember nailed it, yeah. a couple years ago, they were really yeah, good yeah, team. Yeah, they yeah. were the darlings of the week. I can see Detroit now. It is gonna. It it, it relies so heavily on Cade coming back and finding his form. Right. But if he does, I think that this team has got a chance to be like a Cleveland. I'm not saying they're gonna get the fourth seed, sure. but they're a team that you don't want to play in that play-in because they're young and they're hungry and they're building chemistry and they've got a nice veteran coach to work with them. I I, I I'm buying in. I'd say they can make the playoffs this year. I like it. Really quick before we get to question two, my my prediction for team that is gonna shock people and be better. You know take that leap. Mm-hmm. The Orlando Magic were, okay. were absolutely the league pass team to watch last year. Yeah. So fun. So much talent. If Jonathan Isaac can play at all, not to mention they have pick 6, 11, they have Anthony or Suggs to maybe deal one. I think they might take the leap next year. Well, with Sacramento this year, and you look at there's a lot of similarities between Sacramento yeah. and Orlando yeah, yeah, where yeah. every year they're like, okay, this is the year they're going to figure it out. Sacramento finally had their year last year. I could see Orlando. There were times this season where they looked like a bona fide playoff team watching them play. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. yeah bull Bull going nuts. Yeah. <laughs> First two awesome. weeks, he was most improved. But um, and I was kind of shocked they didn't make the play in because with all the talent they had, they you know they fell off there. But yeah, I, I would definitely co-sign on that as well. Question number two, Ryan. I was just wondering, is Jarris Walker this year Sadiq Bay for you? In terms of just guy I really like, big guy, physical guy, power forward that yeah. you really like. Yeah, I would say so. I love Sadiq Bay coming out. I was um, I was hoping the Blazers drafted him um, back whenever that that draft was that that he was picked, and he was on Detroit, and they obviously moved him yeah. on. But yeah, I would say it, it's just a guy that that is going to be ready to go in right away, and he's going to know his role. He's not a superstar, but he's a really really good role player in my opinion, and he's going to help a team right away. So yeah, I think there's a lot of similarities there okay question two did the Suns downgrade at coach so the the Suns move on from Monty Williams they bring in Frank Vogel uh 2020 NBA champion coach Frank Vogel Peter (laughs) (laughs) careful what you wish for Frank (laughs) did the Suns downgrade Yes and no, and that's a cop-out answer. I think from a uh, cohesiveness and an X's and O's uh, standpoint, they did. But look, Frank Vogel is willing to be the fall guy in the punching bag for big ego players. Mm. He did it in L.A. None of that was his fault, but he took the hit. Now he's going to do the same thing for the now big ego, big name Phoenix Suns. 
So in that sense, it is a good hire. It'll work for a while until yeah. it doesn't, just like everything that Frank Vogel and Chris <laughs> Paul both touch. Yeah, I could, I could see that. Yeah, it just seems, to me, Phoenix's window is closed. I agree. Which is crazy when you consider they, they have Kevin Durant and Devin Booker on their team. But they just, you watch them after the trade. They, were, they lost what made them so good in yeah. that Kevin Durant trade. And it was Mikhail Bridges. And you want to talk about a going back here to uh, a trade that I could talk myself into. And I know that people hate this trade. But I, am, I love Mikhail Bridges. Yep. Two-way and, star. Two-way star, great role player. I think you're seeing now, he immediately goes in in Brooklyn and can perform in a solid role. You're seeing just how important he was to Phoenix. If you're looking at one trade where you talk about two pretty good pieces instead of one superstar, if you can get Nicholas Claxton and Mikael Bridges from from Brooklyn, now that's for a third pick, that's that's a lot. But that, I could talk myself into that because I think Michael Briggs is a future star. Yeah, I agree with that. The question is, does uh, does Brooklyn think he's a future star? And if so, what's it going to cost? Because, look, Brooklyn has no picks. Right. They have no picks. And so giving them the third pick, you might have to throw in some future in there as well. Not, you know, handing over the full bag, but you, yeah. you give them a little bit. As long as we... D- don't do some Pawn Stars version of that trade. Best I can do is his brother in a restraining order, you know, <laughs> then we're good. Yeah, but uh, what question were we on here? Uh, Monty Williams, uh, Frank Vogel. Oh, the, the yeah. downgrade, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess I, Phoenix, I, I, I think they're a team that lost their way after that trade. Yeah. The Kevin Durant experiment, it's only, you know, half a season in, but it did not work. And I, I feel like their window is closed. I feel like their best shot to get, you know, they were playing with fire, bringing in Chris Paul, the older player that he was. They knew that their their best shot was, I don't think it was the year they made the finals. It was the next year. Agreed. Um, yeah, but, you know, things didn't work when out. When they allegedly had COVID ripped through the, the team and lost that game seven to Dallas. Yes, yes. They And they blew that game. They got annihilated by yeah, Dallas yeah. in that game. That was their best chance to win a championship. And then it, it, they just could not find their group. You know, they're, they're pretty good. But once they lost Mikel Bridges, they were just not the same team. So, yep. yeah, I don't, I don't see, I see this as a, I see this as a Lakers-like team where you've got two really good players but no depth. If those guys can stay healthy, you're going to be pretty good. But but how old are they both now? Right. Obviously, yeah. they're both dealing with it. I mean, yeah, yeah so, I'm with you. Yeah, I think this is a Lakers 2.0. So uh, I do think they downgrade because I don't think Frank Vogel's that good a coach. I but agree. but you, you mentioned it. He's good at he's good at uh, massaging the egos, yeah. which is why he is there. It's it can be Frank Vogel's fault. He's good with it. Yeah, and cut you, the check, baby. You can coach for a lot of years having that kind of personality in the NBA. That's exactly that's, man. that's about seventy five percent of being a coach is massaging those egos. All right, question number three, Stephen. Third question. Sorry, I'm doing a little bit of training here today, okay. so so this show can run on seamlessly for years to come in perpetuity speaking of length how long is too long for the league to suspend John Morant yeah we're sh- shifting gears here Peter uh, <laughs> John Morant stepped in that you've you've mentioned him uh once already in this show we've we've talked about him far too much over the last handful of weeks for all the wrong reasons he is facing a pretty lengthy suspension that Adam Silver says is coming after the NBA finals obviously doesn't want to distract from that but I'm thinking here because to my knowledge, he has not done anything illegal. Right. So it's kind of a weird situation. Well, where, potentially. Yeah, right. Yeah. 
that we know of. Yes. That we know of. There's also been hints that there is st- stuff that has happened that we do not know of yet. Yes. And that is part of the reason that he is maybe facing a lengthy suspension. But he has been, you want to talk about playing with fire. Just, he had the incident with the gun. He went to counseling for, I think, four days or so, and it obviously took pretty well. And now he comes back, and he, like a month later, does the same exact thing after missing, I think, eight or ten games. Yeah, it was eight, yeah. Yeah, and he does the exact same thing. So you know it's going to be lengthy. My question is, I mean, can you suspend? I mean, what's just, what's just, since we don't know anything else, what's just base it off what we know? Can you suspend him for an entire year? Yes, and he's going to be suspended for a year because uh, uh, Adam Silver said they, in their investigation, they've uncovered more uh, details. Now, the details are the the alleged things, the rumors, like uh, two incidents of fighting literal high schoolers, uh, him and his crew training a laser on the Indiana Pacers staff. Forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. a laser attached to a gun. And, you know, okay, so there's been the two flashing a gun on Instagram moments. Well, if you go to my Instagram at Peter Sampson Rocks, you'll see maybe 15, 18 shots of, uh, you know, delicious meals I've had over the last five years. I haven't only eaten 18 meals in the last five years, guys. <laughs> I've had a few thousand of them. So just twice we've seen John Morant drunk out of his mind, allegedly, flashing a piece He's probably doing it a lot more than that. You put all those yeah. things together, whether he broke the law or not, terrible look for the league. John Morant needs to be saved from himself. He's the only guy that's going to go from the NBA back to the streets instead of the other way around. He needs to get better people around him. But also, we all need to stop saying he needs to get better people around him. He's the one doing this. Yeah. He yeah. needs to take accountability. He's going to get suspended for a year, Ooh. and then we'll see what happens. Okay, so you're you're very hundred percent, hundred percent. They're just not going to do it during the finals, man. They're not going to take it away from those teams. Yeah. Wow, that would be. I don't think a player outside of a gambling or a hardcore drug bust. I don't think a player's ever been suspended a year, have they? Uh, Even our test. Our test got seventy-eight of the eighty-two or something year, like that. Yeah, it wasn't a full year. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. If you look at it. The NBA is extremely image conscious because they had dress code. Yeah. Yeah. Go back to David Stern. Go back to the malice at the palace. Really. Yeah. And that's kind of. That and now have one of, of your players crew yeah. training a laser sight on yes. an opponent team's staff. And to the NBA's credit, the amount of arrests over the last 15 years have gone down just dramatically. I mean, you look, NFL. Yeah, guys it's all getting, NFL now. NFL that's all guys, guys are getting arrested every week. NBA, you don't hear about it. Miles Bridges was a big story. Yeah. I mean, back in the day, that would not have been a big story. That would be a Tuesday. Yeah. yeah the NBA, is, yeah. so, so you know, they made some controversial decisions, but there is no doubt about it that they cleaned up their, they, yep. their image yep. did a 180. And the last thing they want to see, especially talk about John Morant, talk about Brandon Miller coming to the league. The last thing that they want is to take a few steps backward. Well, especially because John Morant isn't like the 10th man for the Minnesota Timberwolves. No. He's being primed to be one of the faces of the league. You can't have a face of the league doing this. He's right. the, the hammer is going to fall on John. Yeah. It's a shame. I love watching now him Now does he bounce back from this? Because that's a, I, I, from a year suspension. That's a lot. Yeah, yeah. Steven? I was going to say a couple of things. Number one is, as bad as the Blazers have been the last couple of years, we have not had this kind of problem. No? And that and people should always just keep that in mind. I would love to win. I'd love to have a chance to win. But we're not causing problems like this. The second thing is, if you were to see Chris Farley holding a bag of heroin and a bag of cocaine, and he's like, yeah, I'm going to the Hotel Montmartre, what would you do? <laughs> like, you have a chance to save Chris Farley. That's John Morant. The guy is 
is he's figuratively putting a gun to his own head. Yeah. What can we do to help Ja Morant? At some point, you got to take you the help cocaine yourself. and sell it. There you go. Because it's the speed ball that did Chris Farley. It's just like Belushi. Go, just let him get whacked out on the heroin. He'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. It's a nice responsible decision there. Okay, I like that. I, I, I'm going to say there's some people that you just can't help. And they've got to want to get help. And it, I don't think John Morant wants to get help because he said he wanted to get help. He wants that then, image, man. And he immediately turned back around and yeah. did the same exact yeah. thing. Uh, he brings up a great point, though, about the Blazers not really having that yeah, issue. When was the last time a Blazer got arrested? Yeah, and, and it's, they are very conscious yeah. as an organization uh, about that going still, back to 04. 20 years later. Exactly. They're still, whereas I don't think they would take Brandon Miller if he was on the board. Yeah. Still going back. I mean, you talk about a lasting impact. I mean, I called it when they hired Billups. I said, look, I'm not saying whether he's a bad hire or they shouldn't hire him, but I'm telling you, people are going to freak out over this. And that was, yeah, that was, yeah, and they did. And they did. Rightly so. And it turns out he's a really bad coach, too. Um, (laughs) But so does he come back from this is the big question. Yes. Yes, he does. Uh, I mean, look. Is this this what gets through to him? Is a year, because that's the other factor of it is they're looking to send a message and eight to ten games is not going to cut it no but uh losing a year of salary losing a year your year of your prime losing your endorsements ultimately i think this is going to cost john moran about 50 or 60 million dollars that will get the message across they need to lock him in a room with michael vick and michael vick can explain to him mm-hmm. what it means to have your reputation ruined and yeah. lose nine-figure deals. And then Deshaun Watson bursts through like the Kool-Aid man and says, it's all good, folks. You'll be fine. But Michael Vick's a good point because he was a guy who lost it. Now, he went to prison. So that was a much more extreme case. But he came back and he 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 was a different person. He was able to figure it out. So you hope the same thing will happen with John Brady. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Peter, we're just about out of time. But when... you're, you're looking at, you got the pulse coming out. You think next week we'll, we'll have something? Yeah, yeah. I keep it to like 30, 35 minutes, okay. five days a week, general sports talk. We have some fun. If you caught the pulse uh, back in, the, uh, you know, earlier this year, weekdays, uh, six to seven on the corporate airwaves mm-hmm. that are garbage, uh, you know what I do. Okay. Now, are you still keeping the uh, what's in your glass? Oh, you know it. Okay. Fridays, okay. baby, we have a good time. I like if, that. It's the only time to have a drink. That's right. I like that. Well, <laughs> hey, hey, Peter, thanks so much for stopping by, man. Good to have you on back on the old Appreciate show. Appreciate you. Good to see you. Peter Sampson. You can check him out on the Pulse podcast. That's going to do it for us. We will be back at it better than ever li- next week with another KPSU alum. Dylan Sage is coming back. We're doing a draft preview. You know he's all about that. So we'll have that coming up next week. <laughs> I love that. Some sound effects coming in from one Peter Sampson. But that's going to do it for us. We'll be back at it better than ever next Tuesday right here on Blazers Edge Radio. Flying a Saucer Safari is coming up next on X-Ray FM.